Hello, welcome to Curious Lorenzo, a podcast where I research in real-time topics that I'm curious about. So this is episode one. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to go. This is sort of just something fun I wanted to try out. Um, I am always wondering about you know different different topics at any given time. Um, and a little bit of my backstory right now, I am a teacher and I'm uh, transitioning from being a teacher into going into the business world. I recently graduated with my uh, MBA, so I'm moving from teaching to going into business. Um, and one of, the, one of the best things about teaching um, is actually learning alongside the students. So I went into teaching not really knowing much of anything that I was teaching the kids. Um, I graduated from, uh, I, I graduated with my undergrad in, in, in economics, um, but I went into teaching not knowing the subjects that I was teaching. So I started off teaching social studies. So I was teaching like New Mexico history and U.S. history. And I know a bit about those, about those uh, subjects, but I don't know, I'm not an expert. I didn't, I didn't go to, I didn't go to school studying history. Um, so it was really interesting, like, you know, teaching those subjects. And then I moved from, from a middle school to a high school where I was teaching science. I was teaching, or I am teaching right now, chemistry. Um, I'm not quite yet uh, done with my job teaching, but I'm teaching chemistry right now and I've taught biology, but I never, I never studied biology or chemistry other than just sort of, you know, watching a couple YouTube videos here and there. Um, but I had to learn how to teach these subjects. And a lot of these, a lot of these lessons I taught, I sort of was learning and learning them real time. I mean, that this probably doesn't give you a lot of confidence in our educational system right now, but that's sort of the way things went. And where I live right now in New Mexico, we are so um, desperate for teachers. I mean, that can be a whole other topic that we can go on. But to find extremely qualified teachers who are experts in science to be in the science classroom teaching science is not very likely. Um, but I feel like I did a good job. I was super curious with the kids. Um, I would say, you know, part of the job is learning the, learning and knowing the, the subject. And the other part was just getting to know kids and building rapport and um, being relatable to the kids and, and having them feel like they're in a safe place where they can learn. Um, so that was the other part of teaching. But I had to learn a lot of these really complex topics in real time. Um, and and that was that was challenging sometimes, but at the end of the day, I'm, I, I remember just getting the hang of these of these scientific scientific uh, ideas, scientific topics, and then feeling comfortable with them eventually. So I want to continue this uh, in my own life. Um, and I feel like a podcast is a good place to do that. Uh, and that, and I can't, I don't have to limit myself to just one subject or two subjects. I can just research and look up whatever topic uh, is 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 curious to me at that moment that I'm that I'm curious about at that moment. Um, 
so right now, uh, what's been on my mind is my move to Portland. That's where I'm moving. I'm moving from Albuquerque and I'm moving to Portland. Um, and I know a bit about Portland, but I, I, I want to get to know Portland more. I want to get to know more of the details. I want to know about the roads. Um, I want to know about um, the climate. I want to know the elevation. I want to know uh, the population. I want to know the demographics. I want to know what, what, it's, what it's famous for. So these are all different things that I want to know about Portland. I want to know more about like the region and things like that. So I don't have a, I don't have a really detailed outline um, as to how I'm going to do this, but I'm just going to, right now, I, I'm just starting off with the knowledge I have about Portland. So I guess that's, I guess that's where I can kind of start is what, and I'm typing, you, you hear me typing on my keyboard right now. What do I know? about Portland. So uh, Portland, Oregon is what's well, in the state of Oregon. Um, I know it's a medium sized city uh, with a metro, I'm going to guess uh, above a million, maybe 2 million. Um, I know it's on the northwest uh, region of, of, of the state of Oregon, and it borders the state of Washington. Um, I know that there's two rivers that pass through Oregon. There's the Willamette and there's the Columbia. And um, I have to sneeze, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna sneeze. Nope. <coughs> yep, sneezed. Good thing, um, good thing I'm not talking to you in person right now. But there's two rivers. There's the Columbia, and then there's the Willamette. Um, the Willamette, I, I know, is is commonly is commonly mispronounced. Um, it's a hard road to, it's a hard uh, river to pronounce. I'm not really sure about the origins of that word. I would, I would guess it's Native American in origin, but that's one thing maybe I'll, I'll just find out here in a second. Um, but it's where the Columbia and the Willamette meet. And then the, the Willamette flows into the Columbia and then the Columbia flows into the Pacific. Um, I know that from Portland, there's, um, a pretty prominent mountain, I think, is the tallest mountain in Oregon, and I'm, I'll verify that in a second, which if you look out to the east on a clear day, you'll see Mount Hood. And I'll find out what the elevation of Mount Hood is here in a second. My guess is it's about 12,000 feet in some change. Um, what else do I know about Portland? Uh, they, have a, they have a major, they have a couple major sports teams. There's the Portland Timbers, which is Major League Soccer. And they also have an NBA team, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I know they used to have AAA baseball. I don't think they have AAA baseball anymore. Um, maybe there's hockey. I'm not sure. Maybe there's some other things, um, some other sports that are. I, I think. Oh yeah, there's a, the. I think there's a women's soccer team. I think they're called the Thorns, Portland Thorns. I'm not sure about that yet, uh, but we're gonna look that up. So I know a bit about Portland. I know a couple of the suburbs. I know there's. Um, you know, there's Milwaukee and there's Lake Oswego and then there's Gresham, Beaverton, Hillsboro. Uh, so there's there's a, there's some suburbs. So I'm coming in with a little bit of knowledge. Um, I mean, I know that it has a reputation for being very liberal. I know it has a reputation for being very white. I know it has a reputation for uh, you know coffee and the weather and all this other stuff. So I'm just gonna dive in. I'm just gonna do a Google search. For, um, I'm going to do a Google search for Portland. Uh, 
And I'm going to do my best to edit this podcast, but sneezes and different noises, I'm sorry about that. All right. So, just going to do a Google search for Portland and see what's up here. All right. So, right off the bat, I can see... Uh, I, I love that Google gives you this, like, sort of condensed bit of information on the right-hand side of the of the page. It gives you a map and it gives you a, a photo of what Portland looks like in a little condensed little thing. Uh, right now it's 43 degrees Fahrenheit in Portland, 6 degrees Celsius, um, 84% humidity. I know the mayor's name is Ted Wheeler, which I, I've heard a little bit about Ted Wheeler. A lot of people don't like him. Um, the population, it shows me the population, 653,115. That was as of 2018. Portland has two area codes, 503 and 971. Uh, and I think it's kind of cool that Portland's area code is so close to our area, our area code here in New Mexico, which is 505. And what I hope doesn't happen is that when I get out there that my phone number is misdialed because my phone number starts with 505. And I think, you know, three to a five is 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 pretty, pretty similar. But anyways, uh, yeah, so those are the that's the information just right off the bat from Portland. As I scroll down, uh, the first website that comes up on Google is uh, Portland.gov. I guess that's the city page. Um, right off the bat, the city page looks pretty uh, not, not, not too much information on the front page, which is, which is good. I think websites like city websites can be, uh, information overload, but, um, there's also, yeah, services you can find out about biking and maps and police, public records, um, trees. I wonder what that's about. Let me click on trees on the Portland website. Trees, walkability, tree safety, and code requirements. Okay, so yeah, I guess that, that would be something that you'd have to um, keep up with in, in Portland because trees are, are everywhere. So when, when I've visited Portland, this is one thing that I notice, you know, being from the desert, being from Albuquerque and, and Santa Fe, like, and the East Mountains. I've, I'm from New Mexico, and those are the three sort of communities I, I consider myself to be from. Uh, Santa Fe, then the East Mountains, which is uh, Moriarty, uh, New Mexico, east of the Sandia Mountains, that's what they're referring to, and then Albuquerque. Um, but when I visited there for the first time, I was just blown away as to the amount of trees that are just everywhere. There's, uh, and I, I don't know the exact species, I think they're probably Doug, Douglas firs, Doug fir. Um, they're, they're pine trees of sorts, but they're not like the pine trees we have here in New Mexico. The pine trees we have here in the in the woods in New Mexico they can get pretty tall and and um, and they're beautiful, especially in the mountains. But the trees here uh, in the Pacific Northwest are just so huge, giant trunks, giant trees, um, and not not just pine trees, but in in Oregon you see a lot of other deciduous trees, and they're just everywhere. So I imagine that these codes are to guide the public as to like what is what is okay because the growth just happens that's what I, that's my that's my um that's my guess here all right so there's some information on the portland website but i want to know more about portland the city so um i use wikipedia a lot i know that in um 
like a an academic setting that Wikipedia is looked down on because the the information can be can be um, poorly cited and it could be wrong information. Um, but I think I think that Wikipedia is a great place to start off, and you can kind of if you want to check sources, if you, it, it kind of gives you a, a jumping off point, and I and I love it. Um, when I was a kid, my my grandpa had volumes of ex, uh, of encyclopedias, and I know in the, those back then, like the encyclopedias were updated, I think every year, because information could change, especially like information about you know demographics of a city. Um, populations change and, you know, there's, there was an, there was an encyclopedia, I'm sure, 1980 that had to, well, let's see, when did Mount St. Helens erupt? Mount St. Helens. Mount St. Helens erupted. This is the fun part of the podcast where there's silence and I get to, I get to Google in real time. Um, let's see. When did Mount St. Helens erupt? Okay, Google. <laughs> Google says, oh, July 10th, 2008. So I was... Hi, how can I help you? Cancel. Yeah, I have a, I have a Google Home in my, in my, in the room that I'm in right now. And it, it's responding to the hot word. But anyway, yeah, it says July 10th, 2008. And I thought right away, oh, that's wrong. But no, that's actually right, though. That was the last eruption. There was an eruption in 2008, I guess. And it wasn't really, well, as well, I mean, obviously, as well known as the, as the big one. Um, so yeah, that was 1980. 1980 was when it erupted. So back in 1979, I'm sure there was, a, there was a, an encyclopedia volume um, where it showed the elevation of Mount St. Helens before the eruption. And then in 1980, when they published the next encyclopedia, um, you know, version, they had to update it with that lower elevation. So what's cool about Wikipedia is it's, it's up to date, but the information is not as checked as it was back when we used those, those, those physical volumes of encyclopedias. All right. So anyways, yeah. So I, I use Wikipedia. I, I like it. It's a good jumping off point. Um, and if I really want to research something deeply, I can, I can follow those cited sources and go from there. But, uh, all right. So let's go back to Portland. Portland. All right. What do we have on Portland? Okay, like I said, Portland is the largest city in the state of Oregon. Um, the city has an elevation of 50. So this is where I go to, like on my, on my Wikipedia searches. I always go to the condensed information and the data. And I always want to know what the elevation is. So the elevation of Portland is 50 feet above sea level. Its highest point is 1,188 feet. And its lowest point is 62 feet. So basically... Um, sea level, which is at the Columbia River. That's what it shows here. I'm curious. Uh, the highest elevation is 9936 Northwest Wind Ridge Drive, and it gives coordinates. Um, that's really interesting that it gives you coordinates and it gives you an address. That's the highest point in Portland, 9936 Northwest Ridge, Northwest Wind Ridge Drive. Um, 
which the coordinates, if you're curious, is 45.5587 degrees north, 122.7785 degrees west. So that's the coordinates of the highest point. The city itself in, in, within the city limits has a population of 583,776. Uh, it's estimated in 2019 that that has moved up to 654,741. It is the 26th largest city in the United States. Density, population density is 4,907.22 uh, people per square mile. Um, so, and then there's three other categories. There's urban, metro, and CSA, CSA's combined statistical area. Um, urban, and I love how when you hover over links in Wikipedia, it gives you an explanation of what things are. So an urban area is a human settlement with a high population density and infrastructure of built environment. Urban areas are created through urbanization and are categorized by urban morphology as cities, towns, uh, conurbations or suburbs. Conurbations. I've never heard that word. So let's see. Conurbations. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna hover over that. Conurbation. Conurbation. I don't know if you say that. Is a region comprising a a number of of metro policies, so one or more than one metropolitan areas, I guess, cities, large towns, and other urban areas that through population growth and physical expansion have merged to form one continuous urban or industrial developed area. Okay, so like I that what comes to mind for that would be like Southern California. Um, but the uh, metro area is what I usually go through go go to is a region consisting of a densely populated urban core and is less populated surrounding territories. So the metro area for Portland is 2.4 million, I'm approximating. The CSA is 3.2 million and the urban is 1.8 million. So it's, you know, between 1 and 3 million people in this in this in this region. Um the de, uh demonym Okay, Google. How do you spell? How do you pronounce demonym? How do you pronounce demonym? Is spelled H O W. Okay, Google. Stop. Demonym. The demonym. So this is what you call somebody. I didn't understand. Cancel. I'm going to be talking to Google too. I guess in this, um, the demonym of Portland is a Portlander. Uh, so that's that's good to know. It's a Portlander. All right. I think I'm going to take a break right now, and then I'm going to get back to talking about history and establishment. Okay, I'm back. All right, so Portland. Um, Portland, I wanted to talk about the name a little bit. I'll, I'll just start with that. The name Portland, uh, is na it was named after Portland, Maine. And the citation for this is Emerson W. Baker, 2005. Portland is a contested frontier in the 17th century, I guess. In this book, they, they, uh, it was the citation that Portland was named after Portland, Maine. Um, 
And I want to know when it was founded, I guess by, I guess by white people. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what we do in the United States. We find out when it was, when, when a settlement was founded by white people. And now that I think about it, right in this very moment, I think that's what's interesting about this pod, podcast or any podcast, I guess, is that you get to, you get to hear people work things out and sort things out in real time. Um, and I'm thinking about this just like where I live now in Albuquerque. We say that Albuquerque was founded in 1706, but there were Pueblo people settled on the Rio, the Rio Grande like well before Spanish came. So I think this is really interesting because in this article, it also talks about the native people um, who settled in Portland, but for whatever reason, we go off of the white people like in, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be insensitive to any group of people, I guess. Um, and like I said, I'm still sort of sorting this out in real time. But we go off of when Europe, Europeans settled or when, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like how our history is. Like when did, when was this settled by white people? And that's the number that, that's the date we'll go off of. So I guess in Portland... It says here uh, in this Wikipedia page, uh, the Oregon settlement began to be populated in the 1830s near the end of the Oregon Trail, which is pretty popular. Um, the water across, the water access provided convenient transportation of goods and the timber industry was a major force in the city's early economy. So when was Portland founded? Um, okay, here we go. Founded in 1845 and incorporated February 8th, 1851. Um, so the 1850s, 1845, 1845 to 1850s or so. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess I'll talk about the, what was it like before Europeans arrived, before we had set settlers, I guess you can call them. Um, Okay, it says here, before American colonizers began arriving in the 1800s, the land was inhabited for many centuries, so long. Like, there were people here before colonizers came uh, by two bands of indigenous people. So here's some names that I've seen. Um, I've seen around the Pacific Northwest. I've seen these names. And I guess I, I want to get to know more about these, these names. So Chinook, the Chinook people. Um, and I guess there's two branches of the Chinook people. There's Multnomah and Clackamas. Uh, so these, these names, I think, are also often mispronounced in the or in, when, you, when people are in Oregon and Pacific Northwest. But Chinook people, let's find out more about the Chinook people. Uh, so when I hover over the, the link of Chinook people, it says, uh, the Chinookan peoples included several groups of indigenous people in the Pacific Northwest in the United States who speak the Chinookan languages. Chinookan speaking peoples resided along the lower and middle Columbia River. And I guess there was, so Columbia is obviously, that's a, that's a name that we gave to it. Uh, but in parentheses, in parentheses, it says here, Wimal, W-I-M-A-H-L, uh, from the river's gorge downstream. So yeah, the Chinook, the Chinook people lived well before settlers and colonizers came. And then there's Multnomah, their tribe of Chinookan people who lived in the area of Portland, Oregon. 
Uh, Multnomah villages were located throughout the Portland Basin and on both sides of the Columbia River, which obviously they didn't call it the Columbia River, it was the Wamal. Um, the Multnomah speak a dialect of the Upper Chinookan language. So that's super condensed version of what uh, Multnomah is. Um, and the Clackamas, when I hover over Clackamas, the Clackamas Indians are a tribe of Native Americans of the U.S. state of Oregon who traditionally lived along the Clackamas River in the Willamette Valley. Uh, Lewis and Clark estimated their population at 1800 in the year 1806. At the time, the tribe lived in 11 villages and subsisted on fish and roots. Um, so yeah, Clackamas Indians. And they lived off of the, uh, in the Willamette Valley off of the Clackamas River, which I don't know where the Clackamas River is. And I'm going to look at a map here and just kind of describe what I see in a second. Um, if I read further, the Chinook people occupying the land were first documented in 1805 by uh, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark. So a lot of people know who William, who Lewis and Clark are. That's like the, that's the headliner, I guess, for, for the Portland area. Uh, before its European settlement, the Portland Basin of the Lower Columbia River and Willamette River Valleys had been one of the most densely populated regions in the Pacific Coast. Um, and that makes sense. Um, that makes sense because where there's water, that's where people can survive. Um, and in Portland, there's lots of water. There's, there's, there's two giant rivers that I know of, the Willamette and the Columbia. And I guess there's this third river, which was the, uh, what did I say it was? The, um, uh, the Clackamas River. So there's lots of water. When there's water, there's, there, there can be vegetation. And when there's vegetation, there can, be, there can be animals. And it makes sense to me that, that people want to live in an area where water is around. In fact, <clears throat> I've always kind of wondered this. I wonder if, I wonder if people, if it's, if it's in our DNA to be attracted to areas where uh, there's a lot of green and there's a lot of like blue. I, I, I wonder if our, if our brains are wired to like this green and blue, like in our, in our, in our scenery. Because when we, as humans, even if we're in the desert, if we want something to be landscaped and beautiful, there's a lot of green and there's a lot of water. We, we do that. Uh, in New Mexico, like when we do landscaping, sometimes we'll do something called zeroscaping. Zero, I think is what it's, uh, how it's said. But we try to landscape where there's not a use of a lot of water. And that's, like, that's a push. We, want, we, we don't want to use that much water because in Albuquerque, we don't have a lot of water. So they'll landscape with different desert plants and shrubs, right? But people still kind of push back on that and they'll plant grass. Grass doesn't grow in New Mexico, at least not in Albuquerque, naturally, unless you're next to the, next to the river. So the fact that these areas were the most densely populated regions before, before European settlers makes sense to me because it's super green, super lush. There's trees everywhere. There's water. You can use rivers to transport, to, to, to move things up and down the river. You can use water to, um, uh, of, of course, of course, drink, uh, you can use water to, I don't know if, I don't, I'm not sure if, if the native people, 
um, they've, they planted crops or anything like that, but you can, we can, you can use that water to uh, cultivate uh, different crops. So that's all super important. And if you don't have water, you, you, can't, you can't do any of those things. It's hard to survive in a desert. Um, and that's one of the things that has been really interesting to me is, is the fact that, you know, th there's that contrast between Albuquerque and Portland that I'm, I'm moving, right? And Albuquerque, it seems like it's hard to survive here. So, uh, it, and I, I live in a desert, I live in a desert where, they, where it's hard to survive. There's not a lot of water. There's not a lot of opportunities. And it seems like it's true even today in modern times. But in Portland, there's giant rivers. There's lush vegetation. Like you can, you can water your crops. And it kind of holds true in the modern world. Like you can water your crops and you can feed your family. In Albuquerque, I, I, feel, I, I feel, this is just a feeling now, that it's just a bit harder to do. So... Pretty interesting. I'm going to take one more break um, and then I will start to wrap up this first episode of Curious Lorenzo. Okay, I'm back again, and I think this is going to be the last uh, segment, I guess you can call it, last part of the of this episode of Portland. Uh, and you know, I guess there probably will be more Portland, um, because there's there's so much to a city. You can't just dedicate just one episode, I think, to to Portland. But this is just me kind of wondering about like the uh, just the overview of this city. All right, so uh, I was talking about the native folks that have been there for centuries, even before colonizers. According to Wikipedia, it's, it's um, Multnomah and Clackamas people who are, who are branches of the Chinook people. Um, that could be an entire episode by itself, just kind of going into that. Uh, more than episodes, that could be volumes of books, I'm sure. But um, let's talk more about settlement of pioneers and... Um, European settlement. So it says here that large numbers of pioneer settlers began arriving in the Willamette Valley in the 1830s via the Oregon Trail. So my my wife is from, she's from Portland originally, moved out here uh, in high school. But from listening to her stories of school, uh, it sounds like in Oregon, when you're, when you're in elementary school, you learn the Oregon Trail over and over and over every single year. And that's what you, that's what you know about is the Oregon Trail. Um, the Oregon Trail, it was a 2,170 mile uh, trail that, uh, you know, large wheeled wagons. That's what it says here on Wikipedia. Um, what would travel in it? Let's see here. It connected the Missouri river to valleys in Oregon. So you try, it went from Missouri to Oregon. Um, and it's a, it's pretty interesting to to see this migration, um, and I would like to and I'm see I'm even getting I'm getting more curious. Like that's one thing about that's one thing re that's really cool about learning is that when you start to learn, you don't just gobble up all of these bits of knowledge like Pac Man and then you're done. It turns out like once you learn one thing, 
you find out that there's five or six or seven other things that you don't know. So it's, it's kind of like the more you learn, you find out the more that you don't know. It's not like, I don't know, it's, it's just kind of an interesting thing. But yeah, so, so these, these folks in Missouri uh, decided that they wanted to uh, move out west. And I imagine that it wasn't uh, something that they, they necessarily wanted to. Like, oh, Oregon is nice this time of year. Let's go for Missouri. I'm sure they had friends and family and communities and all these other things that were happening in Missouri. Um, and to, to make a decision that they wanted to take a trek, uh, a th- over 1,000-mile trek or 2,000, the 2,170-mile journey from Missouri to Oregon wasn't something they just wanted to do, right? It sounds like they they thought it was the best thing for their family at that time, and there was something that was pushing them away. And see, I don't I don't know much history about the Oregon Trail. I don't know why these folks were making this journey, knowing that. I mean, if it's anything like the Oregon Trail game, which I, I guess is based off of some nuggets of truth, there were chances that you would die, right? There were chances that you that your family could die, that you could get sick. And you had to plan this this journey out. I'm sure it took months to take this journey and you had to plan it out and you had to think about weather and you had to think about crossing like the Rocky Mountains. You had to cr- think about crossing rivers. Um, it was a hard journey, I'm sure. So I would like to know more about the Oregon Trail and why these folks decided to make this journey in the first place. Um, I think that could be another episode. I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's just interesting to me. Uh, in the early 1840s, a new settlement emerged 10 miles from the mouth of Willamette River, roughly halfway between Oregon City and Fort Vancouver. Uh, Oregon City, I know, is still there. It's, a, I guess, a suburb. Uh, from what I understand, it was the original um, capital of Oregon, which I'm, I, I'm just kind of guessing right now. That's not confirmed. I don't have enough time in this podcast to kind of figure out everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Fort, Fort Vancouver, I haven't heard of that, but it says Fort Vancouver. Fort Vancouver was a 19th century fur trading post uh, that was headquartered in the Hudson headquarters of the Hudson's Bay Company's Columbia Department located in the Pacific Northwest, named for Captain George Vancouver. Okay, so, and um, the fort was located on the northern bank of the Columbia River in present-day Vancouver. So it's just Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington. Um, so Fort, I guess Fort, fort Vancouver was the original name of just Vancouver. All right, uh, which I've, I think they call the Couve. All right, this community was initially referred to as Stumptown uh, and the Clearing because of the many trees cut down for its growth. So I've heard this, that, like that's a name that folks call Portland. I've heard PDX, I've heard uh, Rose City, and I've also heard Stumptown. Um, Stumptown, and, and there's also a Stumptown Coffee, which is pretty popular in Oregon. I'm not sure what the general thought of of Stumptown is in Portland, but um, I know about it. I can even get it at the Albertsons here in Albuquerque. So it's a pretty pretty popular, pretty famous uh, coffee. All right, so I did want to talk a little bit about the climate of of Portland. So, and this is one cool thing I love about uh, I love about Wikipedia is that. They always have this bar graph showing average highs, average lows. Not not always, but many times for different cities and states, they'll show a little bar graph showing average highs, average lows, and also average precipitation. 
Um, and then they have this chart that's very involved and, it, and it's color coded and it shows how much precipitation, how much, how much sunlight, how much, uh, you know, the, the, the record high, the, the, the record low, all this information is so, so um, cool to me. So I'm just going to talk about weather and then I think I'm going to close this out. So in Portland, I'm looking at the chart right away and I recognize that the, the, the record high for Portland, Oregon is 107. And it actually happened twice. Uh, looks like it happened in July and then also in August. Um, that's one information I would like to find out, like when was this? What's going through my head is when did these records happen? But 107, which um, coincidentally, and I'm just bringing this off the top of my head, is the record high for Albuquerque as well, 107. Uh, but there, it has the record high has reached over 100 a couple of times, uh, four times actually. Um, well, there are four months that have record highs over 100. So I think it's probably reached over 100 degrees in Oregon more than uh, five times. But um, there are five months where the record high is over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So that is, uh, or 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 if you want to, if you're Celsius, there are three months where it's where it's risen over 40 degrees Celsius, which is which is really hot. Um, so May it reached 100 degrees. Um, June 102, July 107, August 107, September 105, and then October it dramatically drops. The record high in October is 92 degrees, November record high 73, December record high 65, uh, January record high 66, February 71, March 80, April 90. So this, this tells me a bit about the climate because in Albuquerque, uh, I think in December and January, we've hit 70s for sure, maybe even 80s. I'm not exactly sure. But it, it, during the winter months, Oregon is 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 known to be very cloudy and very rainy. That's the rainy season. Um, I can also tell that by the, uh, by the precipitation. So if I take a look at the precipitation uh, throughout the months, I'm noticing the first thing that comes to mind, the first thing that I'm noticing that's popping out to me is in July and August, the average amount of precipitation in Portland is 0.65 inches uh, for July and then 0.67 in August. So not even an inch of rain for each of those months. So July and August, apparently sunny, dry, and those are also the two months where the record highs are 107. Um, the rainiest months in Oregon are, looks like November... And December, November has 5.63 inches of rain. So here next month, 5.63 inches of rain on average. And then December, 5.49. And then it starts to dip down. So it looks like November and December are the rainiest months in Oregon. And then uh, the average yearly rainfall. So I guess if you add up all of the averages for each month is 36.03 inches of rain per month or per, per year. So pretty interesting. And also what's also fascinating to me is snow. It doesn't really snow much there, I guess. Uh, February is the most average snow is 2.1 inches. And then December is 1.3 inches. So pretty neat. Uh, record low is also interesting to me. That gives you an idea of how cold it can get. And also this is surprising to me. It doesn't, it doesn't get super duper cold um, out there. I mean, I, I guess it's on, on average, it's cold. On average, it, it, can, it can get cold. 
so average lows, um, like for example, in December, the average low is 35 degrees, 35.2. But it doesn't, there's not as much extremes in Portland as there are what I'm used to here in Albuquerque. So in Albuquerque, it can drop well below zero. Like our record, our record low is, I know, well below zero. And it's probably been recorded more than one month. Uh, but here, according to this, this chart, um, the record low for Portland happened uh, twice uh, below zero. So once, uh, and that's Fahrenheit, once in January, minus two, and once in February, minus three. So the coldest it's ever been in Portland is negative three, and that was recorded in the month of February. So that's, that's pretty interesting to me. Um, here's another cool um, uh, in, bit of information. And this is one thing I'm actually kind of worried about is my, my ability to adapt to um, the weather out there. So in this chart, there's three, three pieces of information that's, that's, uh, that's uh, tracked. So there's the mean monthly sunshine hours. So how many, how many hours of sunshine are there in a given month? Um, and if, you, if I look at like July, 331.9 uh, hours of sunshine in a month compared to, and this is a huge drop, in December, 63.7 hours of, of sunshine in the entire month. So that needs to sink in. Because in December, a total, and this isn't like I, I, I imagine this isn't going to be going to happen all at once. You know, this isn't like a three day period where it's just like three days of sunny. I I wouldn't imagine. I may I would I would say maybe there's like an hour here, an hour there. But that is not a lot of sunshine. So I I'm going to have to adapt to that. The next thing is the percent possible sunshine. Um. The percent that I guess the sunshine is going to pop out. Let me hover over this link. Uh, sunshine duration or sunshine or sunshine hours is a cli climatological climat climatological indicator measuring duration of sunshine in a given in a given period for a given location on Earth. Typically expressed as an average value over several years. So this is telling us the percent of that. Um, so the highest percent would be like July, it says 70%. But if I go back to December, which is the darkest month, 23. So 20, you know, December is a pretty dark month. Uh, UV index, uh, is also pretty interesting to me. So July is the highest at eight. But then if I look back to the winter, November is two, one, for December, one for January, two for February, and then the sun starts to poke out a little bit. So not a lot of not a lot of sunlight, which is is to be expected. So, anyways, that's that's all I'm going to record for now because I'm, if I'm being honest, this is um, the for episode number one. I'm still trying to get a hang of how I'm going to do this, but I think it's it's fine. I'm just I'm just kind of being curious in real time, and this is what I wanted to do anyway with this and. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode, this episode on Portland, Oregon. Um, I learned a bit, and I've, I've learned that there's more I want to find out. I want to find out more about um, the Chinook uh, native, native people. I want to find out more about the Oregon Trail. Um, 
I want to, and I'm going to experience more about the weather and what that's like to 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 live in a in a place that is dark a lot, especially in that month of December. Um, I wanted to learn more about the the mayor Ted Wheeler um, because I know a lot of people don't like him. I want to know if there's people who do like him. Um, but there's more that I'm going to learn about this city. It's going to be my home really soon. So I am going to find out more and more about Portland and what's it, what it's like, what the people are like, what the culture's like, all this information I want to find out. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this. Um, and I will talk to you on the next one. Thank you.